So beautiful. Thank you, team, for leading us in those beautiful moments in the Lord's presence. We continue in the Lord's presence. Gracias a nuestro equipo por dirigirnos esta mañana a la presencia del Señor y por todo el año. Throughout the year, our worship team is such a gift. And as Greg mentioned before, our children are such a gift to us as well. And we want to send them out right now for our time of children in worship. It's for boys and girls three years old to fifth grade, as Greg mentioned. Es el tiempo de niños en adoración. Queremos enviar a los niños a ese tiempo especial. They continue to grow in the word of God thanks to the many helpers and teachers that direct and work in that ministry. So we're very grateful for them. We're grateful for all of you. Welcome to one and all. Bienvenidos a todos a la Iglesia Comunidad Amanecer. Uh, there are some people here that I haven't seen for a long time. Uh, there are some people that are new here. It's a little bit of everything, and so we're just glad you're here. Um, it, I hope there's an opportunity to greet you personally. If I haven't done so already, quiero dar un saludo a los que estén aquí por primera vez, o a lo mejor no han estado aquí mucho tiempo. And I recognize that we also have people that may be watching online right now. Maybe you're a part of the family and you're somewhere where you uh, are out of town and you're tuning in. We're thankful that you can be a part of us that way and uh, hope that this is a blessing for you as well. Espero que sea una bendición para los en línea también. Les saludamos en el nombre del Señor. You know, one thing that is coming, I think uh, Tony said it, this is the last Sunday of 2021. And what is the next year going to be about? Well, we have a theme. It's Your Kingdom Come. I'll be saying more about that as we go forward. Nuestro tema del año es venga tu reino. But we are in a place of new beginnings, of getting back on track perhaps on some things. And one of those things has to do with reading the Bible. Uh, we've been emphasizing that, encouraging that. In fact, we're in the middle of a two-year plan to read the Bible and we have those plans available to you. I don't like to switch horses midstream as the saying goes, but Sometimes there's a good reason. A veces hay una buena razón para hacer un cambio. And so this morning, I want to introduce to you and invite you to pick up a different Bible reading plan that we have found. Now, if you're in the middle of the year, two-year plan, and you want to keep that going, go for it. Keep it going. We'll have that available for you. But we're also going to offer this new plan uh, put together by a colleague of ours by the name of Miguel Cruz, and it enables us as the church to have every week a psalm that we read every day through the week. And then on Sunday, we hope to incorporate part of that psalm in the worship of God's people. That's one of the things we love about it. Es un plan que tiene un salmo para cada semana. It takes you through the entire gospel story every single day. You're reading about Jesus through the gospels. Estás en los evangelios todos los días. Every single day, you're having some proverbs. And then the rest of the Bible, we're going to cover in three years. It's an incredible reading plan, and I'm excited to jump in. And it can start early. So if you want to pick it up today, it actually starts with today. And the other reason I like this is because it starts with the Gospel of John. Va a comenzar con el Evangelio de Juan. And next Sunday, January 2, we're going to be beginning in our new year. We're going to be doing a, a multiple-week study walking through the Gospel of John this will give you a head start to read that and to come ready to hear God's word. Vamos a tener una serie sobre el Evangelio de San Juan comenzando el próximo domingo y a lecturas de Juan para todos los días. So this is going to, in so many ways, we think, bring a number of streams together around God's word. And if you've gotten discouraged, if you've gotten off track, here's your opportunity. And again, I want to invite you and encourage you 
in every way to be in God's word in 2022. Les animamos a estar en la palabra de Dios en este año 2022. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to get into the word of God on this Christmas Sunday. This is the second day of Christmas. And our scripture reading is again going to come from the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 23. La lectura es de Mateo 2, versículo 19 al 23. We're culminating and concluding today a series of messages that we've been in through the month of December on the promised king, looking at Jesus as the fulfillment of Old Testament promises and predictions. Se trata de Jesús el reprometido. And I'd like to read this brief scripture for us, first in Spanish, and then I'll read the same thing in English. Voy a leer primero en español y después en inglés. So I invite you to, to get there, either on your phones or in your Bibles, and let's listen to the good news this Christmas Sunday. Vamos a escuchar las buenas noticias. Después de que murió Herodes, el, un ángel del Señor se le apareció en sueños a José en Egipto y... Le dijo, levántate, toma al niño y a su madre y vete a la tierra de Israel, que ya murieron los que amenazaban con quitarle la vida al niño. Así que se levantó José, tomó al niño y a su madre y regresó a la tierra de Israel. Pero al oír que Arquelao reinaba en Judá, Judea en lugar de su padre Herodes, tuvo miedo de ir allá. Advertido por Dios en sueños, se retiró al distrito de Galilea y fue a vivir en un pueblo llamado Nazaret. Con esto se cumplió lo dicho por los profetas, lo llamarán Nazareno. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to a district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And so was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. Alpaw, Poplar, Tarabella, London, Joaquina, Woodville, Yetam, Sultana. If you live in this county, you recognize that those are some of the most remote and the smallest little towns and villages in Tulare County. Son los pueblecitos más chicos de nuestro condado. In fact, some of those places I just mentioned are, are some of the roughest and toughest places in our county as well. Son los lugares más peligrosos y duros también. Anybody here from any of those places that I mentioned? ¿Hay alguien aquí? Thank you for admitting that. <laughs> okay, where are you from? Tarabella. Okay, Tarabella. Now, I'm not trying to make fun of that by saying thank you for admitting that, but what I'm trying to say is when Matthew tells us that Jesus went to live in a place called Nazareth, 
We need to be thinking along those lines. Cuando dice Jesús fue a vivir en Nazaret, tenemos que vivir en pueblos así. In fact, I think we need to think of, of, of a town that was even smaller and more remote. Era más chico y más remoto. Uh, Bible scholars would tell us that Nazareth was just probably a collection of houses nestled uh, in, in the hills of Galilee, about 75 miles north of Jerusalem. Eran unas casas a 75 millas al norte de Jerusalén. And we're told here in this short scripture that through a series of dreams, God directs Joseph to come out of Egypt and to, to eventually come to this place called Nazareth. Dios dirija José a vivir con Jesús en Nazaret. And then in the very last verse I read, verse 23, it says something interesting. It says something actually mysterious. Hay algo misterioso aquí. It says, so was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. Con eso se cumplió lo dicho por los profetas, lo llamarán Nazareno. That's a mystery. And the reason it's a mystery is because there is no verse from the prophets no verse from the Old Testament of the Bible that says this that says he will be called a Nazarene no hay ningún versículo del Antiguo Testamento que diga esto lo llamarán Nazareno not at all in fact the, the name Nazareth or the, the town of Nazareth is not even mentioned once in the Old Testament there's no mention of it no se menciona Nazaret en el Antiguo Testamento And so, skeptics might point at this and say, aha, here's the smoking gun, right? Here's the evidence, the proof that the Bible doesn't know what it's talking about, that the Bible is inaccurate, that the Bible is not true, that the Bible cannot be trusted. Los escépticos dirían, así la evidencia que no es fiable, ni verdad, la Biblia. So, What are we to make of this when it says he will be called a Nazarene? Well, Bible experts, thankfully, have done some good study, and I think there's some good reasons, and we can unpack them a little bit here today. Quiero mirar esta cuestión un poco más. One answer that Bible scholars give is that the name Nazareth comes from a Hebrew root word, which means branch. So the word Nazareth comes out of a word which means branch. Nazareth tiene su raíz en hebreo, la palabra vástago, rama. And that's interesting because Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, which is a prophecy from the prophets, Isaiah 11:1 says this, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. Del tronco de Isaí brotará un retoño, un vástago nacerá de sus raíces. Who's Jesse? Well, Jesse is the father of King David, the great king of Israel. Isaiah's father is David, rey de Israel. And if you know anything about the story, King David was promised a long line of family to become kings, a long line of kings. Dios prometió a David una línea grande de, de reyes. And there was a long line, but then the line got cut off like a tree. Fue cortada la línea. And Israel had no more kings. But this is saying, Out of the stump of that cut-off line of Jesse's family tree, David's tra family tree, there will come a branch. There will come a shoot. Del tronco cortado de la familia de David habrá un vástago, una rama. And what is that branch? What is that shoot? The branch is referring to 
Jesus the promised king. He's the king out of David's line. Él es el rey de David, Jesús. Jesus is the branch. Jesús es el básico. And where does the branch live? In branch town. In Nazareth. Vive en Nazaret, en el pueblo de los bástagos. But that's not all. There's something else here that I think uh, Bible scholars have looked at that I find compelling, that I find interesting. And, and it's the simple fact that the word here that Matthew used is not prophet. He does not say, so what was fulfilled is said through the prophet. He uses a plural. He says, so was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He's talking about several prophets here. Así se cumplió lo dicho por los profetas. And so he's looking at many different verses and trying to compile them together. And what Bible scholars believe we have here is a summary of what various prophets have said. Es un resumen de lo que los profetas han dicho. And so our Bibles have quotation marks on them, but really we should understand that there probably aren't quotation marks. This isn't probably a quotation. No es una cita en sí. It's a summary. A summary in common language. A summary in language that people could understand. He will be called a Nazarene. Lo llamarán Nazareno. Es un resumen. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you. Uh, so do you know what a Cretan is? ¿Saben lo que es un cretense? A Cretan? A Cretan is somebody who comes from Crete from the island of Crete in the Mediterranean Sea. Es Creta, una isla del Mediterráneo. But Cretans, since ancient times, have had a reputation. They've had a reputation for being liars and, and lazy and drunken, even brutes, the New Testament says. Tenían reputación de ser borrachos, mentirosos. And so if you're called a Cretan, you don't have to be from Crete to be a Cretan. If you're a liar, a drunker, and you're lazy, you can be a Cretan, even though you've never been to that island. Puede ser cretense, aun si no siendo de Creta. The same is true with another word that's probably more familiar, hillbilly. Right? You know what a hillbilly is. Un hillbilly, un campesino de las colinas. A hillbilly is someone who comes from the hills of Kentucky or Tennessee or North Carolina, de las colinas de Kentucky. But... Also, hillbillies have a reputation, don't they? Hillbillies have a reputation for being backwards or simple or naive, not very intelligent. Tienen reputación de ser muy, muy simples, eh, eh, muy, muy eh, pues, eh, inocentes. So, if someone calls you a hillbilly, it doesn't necessarily mean you come from Tennessee or Kentucky or one of those places. What are they trying to say? They're trying to say, you're not very smart. Si alguien te llama hillbilly, no es de que eras de las colinas, sino que no eres muy inteligente. So I think you get the idea, right? Well, we need to understand that in, in Jesus' time and in Matthew's day, a Nazarene would be somebody from Nazareth, right? Un Nazareno es alguien en Nazaret, of course. But you see, people from Nazareth had a certain reputation. Los de Nazaret tenían una reputación. And the reputation probably wasn't the greatest reputation. They probably had a reputation for being people that were not very significant. 
uh, backwards people, people looked down upon, people that were despised, people that were, were kind of not very important. Eran gente de poco significado, gente no muy, muy notada. Uh, and so we need to have that in mind when Matthew says he will be called a Nazarene. Lo llamarán Nazareno. In fact, we have proof of this. In John chapter 1, verse 46, we learn about this man named Nathaniel. Hay un hombre, Nathaniel, en Juan 1.46. And Nathaniel hears that Jesus is coming and that Jesus is from Nazareth. Él uh, oye de que Jesús es de Nazaret. And what does Nathaniel say? He says, ha, Nazareth? Really? Can anything good come out of there? ¿Acaso de allí puede salir algo bueno de Nazaret? Dice Nathaniel. So, with all that in mind, what I've just explained to you, what would you say if I told you that the Old Testament tells us that Cretans and hillbillies will never succeed? Cretans and hillbillies will never prosper. They will never be successful. ¿Qué dirían si digo que cretenses y los hillbillies no van a prosperar? What would you say? You might say, ha, Pastor Russ, I got you here because the word Cretan and the word hillbilly is not in the Old Testament of the Bible. There's no such thing. No hay palabra cretense ni hillbilly en el Antiguo Testamento. And you know what? You'd be right. You'd be right. The words Cretan and hillbilly aren't in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. But you know what also? The idea is, la idea está allí. Look with me at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. Proverbios 1, 32. And I could read you many scriptures like this one. It says, The waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Habla de los necios y los simples y dice, su descarrío e inexperiencia los destruirán, su complacencia y la necedad los aniquilarán. The words Cretan and hillbilly aren't there, are they? But it's talking about the wayward. It's talking about the simple. It's talking about fools. Habla de los necios, habla de los simples, de los inocentes. The idea is there. I'm just giving you a summary of what it just says. It's basically saying Cretans and hillbillies will not make it in life. And there are many verses like that. So it's true. There is no verse in the Old Testament that says he will be called a Nazarene. No hay versículo que diga lo llamarán Nazareno, but I can tell you the idea is there. La idea está allí in the prophets. Let's look at a couple of them. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 2 and 3, Isaiah 53, 2. Remember what I said about Nazarenes. 
He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. No había en él ni belleza ni majestad alguna, su aspecto no era atractivo y nada en su apariencia lo hacía deseable. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not, despreciado y rechazado por los hombres, varón de dolores hecho para el sufrimiento, todos evitaban mirarlo, fue despreciado y no lo estimamos. This is talking about someone who is not that interesting, not that attractive, not that well regarded, someone who is not highly esteemed, someone despised and rejected. Se trata de alguien de poco significado rechazado no bien estimado look with me again at Psalm 22 verse 6 I am a worm and not a man scorned by men and despised by the people all who see me mock me they hurl insults Shaking their heads. Yo soy gusano, no hombre. La gente se burla de mí. El pueblo me desprecia. Cuantos me ven se ríen de mí. Lanzan insultos meneando la cabeza. This is talking about someone who people scorn. They mock. They despise. They treat him terribly. Se burlan de él. Se ríen de él. Lanzan insultos. This is talking about someone who would be like a Nazarene. In fact, this is talking about a Nazarene. Se trata un Nazareno. Because you see, these predictions are pointing us towards Jesus of Nazareth. He is the one who is to be rejected, mocked, despised, insulted, put down. Él es el que está rechazado, menospreciado, despreciado, insultado. The word Nazarene isn't here, but the idea certainly is. And through these verses and other verses like them in the Old Testament, what Matthew seems to be telling us here is that God, through this series of events that led Jesus to Nazareth, God was at work to place Jesus into the very situation, into the very place he needed to be to fulfill God's plan. Dios estuvo obrando para poner a Jesús donde tenía que estar para cumplir con el plan de Dios. He was born and then he lived in the midst of insignificant, ordinary, unimportant, despised people and he became one of them. Vivió entre gente de poco significado y se hizo uno de ellos. And the amazing thing is, is even though he lived in this place amongst Nazarenes, he was one of the Nazarenes, even they rejected him. Aun ellos lo rechazaron. And he went to the most despised and despicable, unimportant place in the world. There are worse places in Nazareth. And he went to the worst place. He went to the cross. El fue al lugar más menospreciado de todos hasta la cruz. And why? For people like you and me. So here's the question. 
Where is God most likely to show up in our world? ¿Dónde va a aparecer Dios en nuestro mundo? Where would you expect God to show up in our world? The prophet Isaiah again speaks to this in Isaiah 57, verse 15, Isaiah 57, This is what the high and lofty one says. I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, to revive the heart of the contrite. Lo dice el excelso y sublime. Yo habito en un lugar santo y sublime, pero también con el contrito humilde de corazón, de espíritu, para reanimar el espíritu de los humildes y alentar el corazón de los quebrantados. Where does the most high God show up on, the, on this earth? Where does the high and lofty one come? He comes to the lowly places with the lowly people. El Dios excelso y sublimo llega al lugar con los más bajos. And that is what God has done. And, and so here's the thing. If Jesus was willing to come, if Jesus came to the most out-of-the-way place, the most insignificant little town in Galilee, if he came to live amongst people who were despised and rejected, and he was willing to live amongst them, he was willing to go even to that despised and rejected place called the cross, the most terrible place in the entire world. If that's where God was willing to show up, we can be assured that God is willing to show up wherever we need him in our lives. Jesus is willing to show up in the most dark, insignificant, difficult places in our lives. Si Jesús estuvo dispuesto a comparecer en Nazaret, un lugar destichado, está dispuesto a estar en nuestra vida. What did we just sing about? King of glory. We just want to be with you. We just want to be with you. And, and what Matthew says in his gospel is that that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesús es Emmanuel, Dios con nosotros. God with us, Jesus, Emmanuel. He appears in the places where you wouldn't expect him to appear, amongst people you would never expect him to be with. He appears in the most insignificant, terrible place in the world. Why? so that God can be with us and we can be accepted by God. Él llega a los lugares más terribles del mundo para que estemos con Dios y que Dios nos acepte. That's the good news. That's, what, that's the mystery of what we're proclaiming here at Christmas and what we proclaim throughout the year as the Church of, of Christ. Ese es el misterio que proclamamos en la Navidad. And if Jesus Christ was willing and able to show up in Nazareth, he can show up in other places too. He can show up in Cutler and Orosi, believe it or not. He can show up in Ivanhoe. El puede comparecer en Cutler Orosi. He can show up in Tulare. He can show up in Visalia. He can show up anywhere and everywhere to bring his kingdom because this promised king showed up on this earth and lived in a place called Nazareth over 2,000 years ago. 
Él está dispuesto a estar con nosotros porque ya llegó a la tierra y apareció en Nazaret hace dos mil años. And why has he shown up? Why has he come? Isaiah says he's come not just to be God with us, but to revive the spirit of the lowly, to revive the heart of the contrite. Viene para avivar el corazón de los contritos, reanimar el espíritu de los quebrantados. That's why he rose again from the dead, so that we might be revived. And Jesus knows how to come to where people need him most. Jesus shows up in prison. I believe that. He shows up in hospitals and COVID wards. He shows up on the streets. He shows up in the poorest homes. He can show up with you and me. Él llega a las prisiones, a las calles, a todo lugar. So, it doesn't matter where you're from or where you first showed up in the world. It doesn't matter if you're from Tarabella or, or Sultana or Yedem or wherever you're from. It doesn't matter. No importa de donde eres ni donde apareciste en el mundo. I, I'm from a town of about 5,000 in Iowa. I showed up in the middle of Wyoming, probably the least populous state in the country. Somehow the love and the forgiveness of Jesus got to me. Thank God. Somehow doesn't matter whether you were born in this county and you've never gone more than 200 miles from here. Jesus never went very far from Nazareth. But he knows how to show up. Jesús sabe cómo llegar a nosotros. And he knows the most intimate details of our lives. And he's willing to live with us in those dark and terrible times in those details está dispuesto a vivir con nosotros en esos detalles he wants to work out his purpose he wants to work out his plan and, and so 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 28 tells us a truth here that I think we want to affirm this morning 1 Corinthians 1.28 the early church leader Paul is writing he's speaking about God he says God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Escogió Dios también lo más bajo y despreciado y lo que no es nada para anular lo que es a fin de que en su presencia nadie pueda jactarse. It is because of him, it is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and redemption. Therefore, let, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Gracias a él están unidos a Cristo Jesús, a quien Dios ha hecho nuestra sabiduría, nuestra justificación, santificación y redención, para que, como está escrito, si alguien ha de gloriarse, que se gloríe en el Señor. This morning in our simple faith principles class, six men there maybe, five, six of us, we read that verse. God showed up. God showed up in the middle of that. Esta mañana eh, leímos este versículo en la clase. 
We don't need to boast about where we're from. We can boast about where Jesus is from. Podemos jactarnos de donde está Jesús. This morning we have an opportunity to invite Jesus into the darkest corners of our lives to shine his light, to bring forgiveness, to, to revive our spirits, and to demonstrate his kingdom, his perfect rule in our lives. He wants to be king in those dark corners. Jesús quiere ser el rey en el lugar más oscuro, más íntimo de nuestras vidas para brillar su luz y traer perdón y traer su reino. In fact, that's what we're looking at this year, as I said before. Your kingdom come. That the kingdom of Jesus, the promised king, would be in every corner of our lives. That the kingdom would come to us, but then also the kingdom would come through us. Wherever we are in this coming year, 2022. Queremos que venga reino a nosotros y por medio de nosotros en este año 2022. As Matthew says, and as the prophets say, he will be called a Nazarene. Lo llamarán Nazareno, como dice Mateo. Why? ¿Por qué? Because the Bible says that Jesus loves Cretans and hillbillies. Like you and me. El ama cretenses a hillbillies como nosotros. So let's pray together, shall we? Vamos a orar. Heavenly Father, I can't help but have that beautiful song ringing in my head. The simple words that we've repeated, we just want to be with you. Solo queremos estar contigo, Señor. No matter what has come in this year and what may come in the year 2022, we just want to be with you. And we thank you that you have come to be with us, to be God with us. Gracias que has venido a ser Dios con nosotros. This week, I pray that we can be aware of you, Jesus. Make us more aware of your presence. Open us up as we open up your word, as we pray. Give us eyes as we see people around us. Let us look for opportunities to see you showing up, whether it's at Starbucks or on the road as we drive or in our homes or at the store or traveling. Wherever it is, whether we're in L.A. or we're in some little town around us. Come and be with us and let us be with you. No importa si estamos en Los Ángeles o en algún pueblecito que podamos reconocer tu presencia esta semana. And when we see you, we pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Que venga tu reino, que se haga tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. We ask this in the name above all names, the high and lofty one 
who has come down to the lowly place. En el nombre del excelso y sublime que ha venido al lugar más bajo. En el nombre del Señor Jesús. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.